Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Day. The peaceful transition of power. Welcome to my house. Morning comes and you know that you want to stay. Hope you're having a good Tuesday so far. The 19th day of January in the year of our Lord 2021. I don't even know what that means. I've heard people say it though, it sounds cool. I think it's indicative of the BC and AD. Not exactly sure, but I think so. So, Alex Hollings was supposed to be on the program today. Um, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It's, it's, it's his fault and my fault. I called him about an hour and a half ago. And we shot the shit for 90 minutes. <laughs> and um, we didn't record anything. I know... It's irresponsible. It's irresponsible of me, and I apologize for it. But it is what it is. Right? You can't always be responsible, right? So welcome to my house. <laughs> it's my house. Um, so yeah, good morning. Um, welcome to All Marine Radio. Inauguration day, right? God only knows what's going to happen today, right? Are the crazies? You know, the United States military is now like under suspicion, right? 
active duty service members being vetted by the FBI for, you know, possible turning on Joe Biden. Like, what the fuck? Really? Um, I, I have to tell you that I don't know that I've ever lived. And, and again, I like people my age, we lived through the 60s. But this shit is crazy that's going on. And you know who the craziest people are? The craziest people are the politicians. They're the craziest fucking people going. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens today. D. Trump on his way out the door? Well, I mean, come on. You know he's not going to go quietly. Do you think? I don't. <laughs> like, I, have no, I have no idea what's going to happen today, but at some point, right, he will leave his flourish on four years of a, of a, of a Trump presidency. And so, so you know, what's going to happen today? Uh, good, good question. Good question. So, uh, so yeah. So we'll watch Joe Biden. He's uh, he's set to take office. We will have a woman vice president, a black woman, for the first time in the nation's history. How about that? Not even a discussion point, right? Not even a discussion point in the country. Yeah, but race is a huge issue in the in the, in the nation. Fastest growing demographic in the census, mixed race families. What? The biggest race problem we have is corporate America. Yeah, all these people that preach to us, Apple, Amazon, they don't, why why don't you have like a representative portion of, you know, minority Americans on your board? Oh, that's right, because you talk out of both sides of your mouth. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but for the rest of us, we elected a black guy twice. I mean, come on. So anyway, um, yeah, and Joe Biden. Joe Biden is going to grab a tiger by the tail, right? You're already seeing, you know, immigrant caravans, caravans now moving to the United States because, hey, it's all good now, right? Tear down the wall, don't control the southern border. And you saw, you know, you've seen video of that on the channels that will they'll tell that story, but many of them won't. So anyway, our world today, as uh, as the United States of America does what uh, it does, which is peacefully transition. And um, what is? Can somebody define for me what an insurrection is? Took part in an insurrection. A violent uprising against an authority or a government. Rebellion, uprising, or insurrection is a refusal of obedience or order. It refers to open resistance against the orders of an established authority. So was what happened in Portland, was that an insurrection? I mean, that seemed to fit the rebellion, uprising, refusal, obedience to order. So what's the difference between an insurrection and a riot? Uh, Insurrection 
versus a riot. Experts weigh in. Protests would seem to indicate is just a general dislike of some idea, policy, law, or person. Insurrection and rebellion would tend to be together in a more violent kind of sense, and they would come from an attempt to overthrow the, from the inside. You have a right, I'm sorry, you have to incite an imminent threat of insurrection. You have to know that what you're doing, you're proving an imminent threat right then. And it's very hard to prove that. So insurrection versus a riot. Riot is general disagreement. Insurrection, right, would be more violent. And come from an attempt to overthrow from the inside. Now, here's my problem with, with the whole insurrection thing. You know, and I guess we'll learn, I guess, as there's an investigation, because you know it's going to happen. There'll be hearings. What happened? And so, I don't know what level of, you know, uh, were people using that event as cover to go overthrow the Capitol? Because if they were, they sure didn't do it very well. They pretty much left when they were told to leave. That's normally how, not how an insurrection works. So, um, but uh, again, I'm uh, I'm curious to see what comes out of this. Like all these groups that were supposedly there, um, what what happened? You know what happened? And so I'll be curious to see what happened. Uh, because again, what it appears to me is, and again, I, I wouldn't defend any of that. To me, you know, going up and doing what those people did was bullshit. And I'll tell you what, what the president did, you know, and again, he knows what he did. And he tries to stay a little bit out of it. But, you know, one of the things he loves to do is he loves to kind of cross the line a little bit and then apologize later. I think what he did that morning absolutely exacerbated what happened that day. The um, But again, you've seen the same thing. Other politicians do it. You know, what was it? Maxine Waters said to, you know, to violently confront conservatives that 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 video of her i mean what's the difference between what the president did and what she did and so but again the difference he's the president and i i i i don't excuse what he did right and again he he's no dope he knows what he's doing okay dancing near the edge you know and all the um oh the inauguration is tomorrow I thought it was Tuesday. Damn it. I was so excited. I guess not. The, um, yeah, it's from Bev. She, I called her last night. She didn't even answer my call. Good to know she's listening, though. The, um, she sent me an email a week ago, and I didn't have time to, uh, to answer. So I thought I'd call her. So, 
I, you know, you watch this stuff. She's Canadian. She knows the inauguration's tomorrow. That's how out of it I've been, honestly. And since I've come home, the news is on. I, I tend not to watch it, though. I watch the headlines and stuff. And then I've kind of caught up on some sleep. And then I have a speaking thing I'm doing tomorrow night. I'm excited about. And uh, and then a uh, a pilot program that it will feature post-traumatic winning to people who are life coaches. That's going to get going. So um, I've been working on that. I actually redid uh, the, the hour one presentation of post-traumatic winning. So I will update that, and if you had permission to watch it before, um, you uh, and you want to watch the new version, just shoot me an email and say, "Hey Mac, I want to watch the new version," and I will put you on that list. Uh, it's better, and not by a little bit either. It's better by a lot. So it's about two hours, part one, and. Um, I recorded part two last night and I like not being constrained by time because it's the bane of my existence when I do post-traumatic winning, right? <clears throat> it's the bane of my existence because um, I'm really conscious of time and I'm really, um, <laughs> and I really hate it because there's just so much to talk about in it. From the Wall Street Journal, college board is eliminating SAT subject tests as the pandemic accelerates a push for changes in college admissions. The main SAT will still be offered. So there's an SAT and then subject SATs? Subject tests? Subject, SAT subject test. The main SAT will be offered. I didn't know there was a difference. I thought they were all the same. Hey, which continues the theme of Mac doesn't know anything this morning. So, uh, damn it, I was gonna be, I was actually interested to uh, to see what happened at the inauguration today. But oh well, the um, yeah, but I'm, uh, I think like a lot of people, I'm, I'm, I don't understand other than somebody's jamming their agenda down your throat because they won the election by a very, very small margin. Um, They're going to shove it down your throat for as long as they can. And that's not going to, that's not going to serve the nation well. But again, it's going to happen. That's going to make things in the country worse. And at some point, something really bad is going to happen. And it's going to involve guns and it's going to involve death. And it's going to be something that we can't turn our back on. Much like we turned our back on the Steve Scalise thing. Much like the um, the riot at the Capitol will be turned into a partisan event. And the Democrats will use the moral high ground they have right, to you know, shit kick the Republicans. That's what it's about. And um, whether you like it or not, that is the way it is. And so because we don't have grown-ups in these positions that can't do the right thing, you're going to get that. So there you have it. Um, Email. So what did you and Alex talk about that deprived us of hearing of him from him this morning? We were talking about post-traumatic winning. I think Alex has a – Alex has built a forum 
that's pretty impressive. Um, he has, uh, oh, since the inauguration today, um, Trump's not leaving today. So he's got another 24 hours to pardon people and do whatever he's going to do. This is from Ohio, man. The heading is Trump. One, I don't recall him ever apologizing for anything ever, even when he should have. Two, no, you know what? One of the things he learned, and I think with the whole interview he did or, or the audio that, that surfaced about, you know, walking in on naked women and the whole pussy grabbing thing and all that. One of the things he learned, and Steve Banyan, I saw Steve Banyan talk about this, that, that in the aftermath of that, they went around the table. And um, and everybody said he should quit, except Banyan, I think, the way Banyan tells the story. And he looks at the president and he says, you need to double down on everything you believe in. Do not apologize. There's people in this country that believe in you. And so I think one of the, and it's not like he was a great apologist before that, but one of the things he learned was when people think you should apologize, get the blowtorch out. And that's what he does. So, number two, the assault on the Capitol started 15 minutes before his speech. So, what are you saying? That he didn't have anything to do with it? Come on, man. Watch his, I mean, look, him appearing there, the timing of it, the whole thing. And now you look at what the FBI reports were prior to that. Like, everybody was stupid. The President of the United States doesn't know what's going on that day. And he goes down there talking shit. So, sorry. Three, there clearly are some bad apples in the assault crowd, and the mob effect took over. Let me tell you, I think there was a mob, and they were up there milling about. I think there were people there for very specific reasons, though. Just like, and again, I would say the same thing that happened in our cities. But again, I think what what you're going to see, though, is you're going to see Democrats who didn't do shit all summer, because they saw that as, as, as helping them politically. So this violence will, and I have Shelby still in my head, right? Race is only used as a means to power. Okay. So rebuking violence, riots, insurrection is only used as a means to power. And if you understand that, you understand why there wasn't hearings in the summer, why nobody investigated is Antifa a part of this? It's amazing, right? All these pictures, right? All this digital communication that's going on, and the FBI all of a sudden is all about it. Didn't see that much for this summer, though. Odd, isn't it? And if you think people are just going to, like, say, okay, you know, you're wrong. And then, you know, what? I think I saw a statistic. 68% of Republicans believe that the election wasn't conducted in a fair manner. Right, that's not a small number, boys and girls, and that's not a good thing for a democracy. Uh, let's see. Number four, the media doesn't want to talk about the other forty-four thousand people that simply marched. You know, without a doubt, and those people went there because they believed, right, the election wasn't done fairly. Now, let me just tell you though, that riot is, exa- in my opinion, is exactly. 
I don't know why I felt like I should qualify that, but I did. Um, that right, that's what our big media wants, right? That's what big tech wants. That's what big social media wants. That's what our politician, that's what they serve us. More and more radical shit coming out of these people, politicians, right? All of it blown up on the national news. Remember, you hear me say, this is not the country we live in. It's Those are the idiots of the day, and we put them on the news. So you'll click, so you'll watch, blah, blah, blah. Then it gets to social media, and then you get the crazies commenting. And what always goes viral? The rational sound shit or the crazies? The crazies go viral, and that's what social media is based on. Clicks, views. Blah, 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 blah. And so it goes. And so this is what this is what they give us. They don't give us responsible journalism, moderation, right? And articulate discourse. No, that doesn't play in Peoria. The riot plays. So you're gonna see more of it. Because that's what they that's what that's what that's what makes money. And that's what this is about. Number five. The effort to cancel all things Trump, conservative, Republican is quite breathtaking. That is true, right? And I would differentiate Trump from conservative and Republican. He is his own unique, you know, shit show event. Okay? And, you know, I think, I mean, it's amazing to think, and again, Joe Biden. I mean, good luck to him, man. Good luck to him. Because, I mean, everybody in the world is going to be coming after him. Why? Because the Democrats have a slight, slight tie-breaking margin in the Senate. And with that sliver of hope, guys like Joe Manchin become very powerful. Uh, The guy in, I can't remember his name, the guy starts with a T in uh, Montana. I think his first name is Steve. Democrat, conservative type. And so those guys become very powerful. And if you hold them in line, you know, we can pass the new Green Deal. We can pass all these things that Joe Biden ran on. He didn't run on it willingly, but he had to embrace them, right? Had to embrace Bernie Sanders to keep the Bernie bros as part of the coalition. So, yeah, Joe Biden got a He's got a tiger by the tail, and he and the tiger are inside the tempest in the teapot. So he's got a complex, he's got a complex disaster on his hands, and he's going to be at the center of all of it, right? He's going to be at the center of all of it, and nobody can act like an adult, and so it's going to get worse until there is violence in the country. And at some point, the violence is going to get so bad that, you know, that Americans say, we can't do this anymore. We have to learn to listen. And maybe we have a moment where we can pivot. And we're going to learn the lessons of our ancestors about sitting down. We're going to learn the lessons of Reconstruction. And we're going to learn the lessons why there were those Confederate monuments in the South. In order to bind the wounds... We had to allow them to honor their war debt. Why those bases have those names. 
you know, tell that story. In the early part of the 20th century, if you were, say, 20 in 1860, you were 60 in the year 1900, and you were, what, 80 to 90 in, the, in between the 20s and 30s. So there were still Civil War veterans all over the place. Their children were everywhere who grew up as children during the Civil War, who saw the death, who went to the memorial service with their parents, who were scarred by those things. And they were the sons and daughters of both Union soldiers and soldiers who fought for the Confederacy. And so in an effort to bind the wounds of the nation, people learned they had to compromise. And so now people may look at that and say, oh, that's totally wrong and stuff like that. Well, I think if you go read, you know, what happened, right, during those years, what you're going to see is is a nation in the aftermath of its of, of the, the nation's most bloody conflict ever. Think about that. But we were 10% of the nation we are today in terms of population. The most bloody fight ever but we were ten, only 10% of what we are today. Stunning in terms of the way that affected the nation. Okay? In terms of death and impact on communities and things like that. And we're, at some point, we'll learn that. Again, the question is, how much violence will it take? What will have to happen for our politicians to learn that compromise is the lubricant of democracy? Which is a phrase that Senator Byron Dorgan told me. But Mac, if you compromise... The only thing you gain for yourself is an opponent in your own party's primary. Come the next election, you'll be called a sellout, and they will roll those news stories over and over and over and over. And that's where we are. And that is a gift of our media. That is a gift of social media, big technology, and the people that lead today. How does that change? I don't know. I don't know. And I will tell you this. I mean, as a conservative, I mean, Donald Trump, in terms of policy stuff, in my opinion, a breath of fresh air. Calling out NATO, confronting China, calling out Germany, which, in my opinion, are a bunch of fucking freeloaders. And, 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 And trying to put America first. The American middle class, the working class. Because America's increasingly becoming a, a tale of, of, of two workers. One, the worker that works in the service industry. And two, the person that works in the tech in- industry or some other, you know, highfalutin business that takes a college degree and makes a ton of money. The middle class that was built on unions that you know, raise the standard of living of Americans, contribute to, you know, the American dream, that's more and more rare, which is, I mean, which is, again, it's amazing. But none of that matters. The Democrats will exact their pound of flesh. And we will become more polarized. So, and again, I, you know, Trump, Donald Trump, you know, I think great. And, and let me tell you, uh, when COVID hit, Right, the economy was at was was on fire, and that will happen again, hopefully at some point. 
And without a doubt, he would have been reelected were it not for COVID. Yeah, which has my ears ringing from somebody who told me, if you think this was an accident, you're a fool. The Chinese did not shut down their airport. They did that for a reason. And then the tinfoil people, right? They grab that and say, this is done deliberately by China because of the confrontational policies of the Trump administration. They unleash this on the world on purpose. Whoa. Yeah, how about that? How about that? So, the tin hat people. But uh, interesting, interesting times we live in. Here's another email. Can I watch the video? Yeah, you can. If, if Anybody listening, if you want to watch... Uh, Post traumatic winning. Shoot me, um, shoot me an email, and you need to have an email address, preferably Yahoo, um, Gmail, something like that. Um, it can't be kind of some little nuance because then I, it gives everybody that has in that domain permission. So it helps if it's one of those. But uh, yeah, the new version is really good. I like it. Um, I like it a lot, and I I don't know when I I will check. When did I first load? January twenty first. Does it tell me when I first loaded this thing? August twenty fifth, twenty twenty. You uploaded an item. Yep, that's it. So. August, so September, October, November, December. So four and a half months later, um, I upload a second version. So with all rights thereunto pertaining. So, um, yeah, if you want to watch it, just shoot me an email, and I'd be happy to let you watch. But I think it's better. Um, Here's another one. I think you are right about the violence, Mac. It makes me sick to my stomach. But I see the way that we disagree. And it is about viewpoint. It isn't about race. I know that. But nobody wants to be in the center of all of this. And, and you know, that's the ironic part because most people are in the center. Yeah, you have the right, you have the right righties and the left lefties. But most people I know, and I would tell you that's where I am, I'm a left-righty. You know, most of the lefties are are left-righties. Wait, I'm a right-lefty, right? So I'd say I'm a moderate Republican. I believe in helping people. I, you know, my solution to to to, uh, to illegal immigration in the country would not make a lot of Republicans happy, and that would be. Anybody who came here illegally, you plead guilty to whatever we decide it's going to be. As long as you, you you know keep your nose clean, you don't commit violent acts, you could stay in the country. You cross these lines of these kind of crimes, you'll be deported. But you will have legal status in the country. Your children, they will have a path to citizenship. They don't do anything wrong. They were born here. Okay. In exchange for that, we continue to maintain 
and secure our southern border so that we have orderly immigration in this country. That's the deal. Everybody equally unhappy. Okay? And that's how you make deals. That's for the good of the country. We deal with this, we put it in the rearview mirror, and the country moves forward. And there's specific legislation in this that says we will not do this again. By law, we will prohibit ourselves by doing this. And then we will put language in, you know, unless it's by unanimous consent of the Congress. Cannot happen for another 50 years, whatever. One-time event, not going to happen. The art of compromise, right? So I think that makes me kind of a a lefty right guy. And the people that would agree with that, you know, or would agree with confronting China, right, and, and Trump's economic policies, that are Democrats, they would be what? Right-leaning lefties. Those people form the vast majority of the country. But because you can't compromise, you can't do business together. I think it's time for them to, to do business. In fact, somebody sent me an email the other day saying, I think that uh, it's time for a third party. And I don't disagree with that. But the Democrats and the Republicans have the whole thing um, have the whole thing locked up. Have the whole thing locked up. So uh, that's probably not going to happen. Here's another email. You must be totally out of touch. <laughs> I was laughing listening to you talk about the inauguration today. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I came home. I went to sleep. Yesterday I worked all day. Took my dogs for a walk. Worked till about 10 o'clock at night on post-traumatic winning. And then uh, actually Sunday night, I worked till four in the morning on that video. And then last night I did the second part, but I went to bed at about 10 o'clock. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I haven't really done much else. I haven't really done much else. You know what I did though yesterday? Colleen called me and she said, can you help me? And I said, yes. And I said, what do you need? She said, well, we need to take the truck. And I need to pick up a couple of one bed frame and then one headboard. And I said, okay. So we go over to uh, my former mother-in-law's house, Maureen. Let's see, breaking news from the Wall Street Journal. A federal appeals court vacated the Trump administration rules that eased restrictions on greenhouse gas emissions from power plants. So uh, I do not imagine the Biden administration will appeal that ruling. So, um, anyhow, um, so we go over and we pick this, uh, a bed frame up and, uh, a headboard up. The bed frame has been my, in my mother-in-law's family. It was her parents' bed. So when you look at this stuff, um, if you'd all like working with your hands, um, you look at its tongue and groove with a screw in it. The screws were handmade, right? You could see the machine in it. And, um, but there was, the screws weren't with the frame. And so I'm looking at it. I've got my flashlight out and I'm looking, you know, in, in the way they put this stuff together, which is, which is genius level stuff too. It's fascinating when you look at, you know, something. So this thing, let's see. 
she would have been born in the 30s. She's a little bit younger than my father. She'd have been born in the late 30s. So let's say her parents are in their late mid-20s. So parents born uh, around 1900. Um, is that right? No. Yeah. Parents born between 1900 and 1910. And so, yeah, so she would have been born in the 30s. So that, that thing, that's when this is made, you know, the craftsmanship of that period of American life. Uh, I always think it's really cool. You see how they made these things um, and the, the craftsmanship that went into it. And here, over 100 years later, um, it's still being, this bed is still, this bed frame is still being used, right? Solid wood and um, very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. So, and then I was talking to my uh, ex last night about it, and I said, "Could you?" Um, I said, "You need to find these screws because I can probably find something that's close, but the machining of the screws is going to be different. It's going to change this." I said, "So before I do that, um, see if you can talk to your sister who had it. Can you find the screws?" So they actually found them last night. And she sent me a picture of them. And they're, you know, they're something specially made for this piece of, for this bed. So very, very cool stuff. Very, very cool stuff. So, yeah, that happened to me yesterday too. I I love doing that. Here's another email. I, like others who listen, was laughing at your stupidity relative to the inauguration. But as I've listened to you this morning, I now have compassion for you. You do good stuff. So we all forgive you, Mac. Keep doing what you do. It's very cool to listen to the stories that you tell and the opportunities that it looks like you're going to have in the future. Yeah, you know, I'm really hopeful that Alex and I can do something together. Um, Alex Hollings is himself a post-traumatic winner. You know, he came from, you know, pretty uh, difficult upbringing. And he's turned his life into something great. And um, and so he's he's lived through this. And so that's why I think he should he should be the person who tells the story. Um, a writer other than me writing a book because he gets it. He's lived it. And so, so the conversation this morning was, didn't, it didn't, we were just talking about, Hey, what have you been up to? And you know what he's been doing, what I've been doing. And, and then we started talking about that stuff. And, and that's where, that's kind of where the conversation naturally went. And I was like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do something here, but we wound up never doing anything. So I apologize. I apologize. Um, you will hear from the Mensa brothers this week, maybe more than once, um, as I kind of come back home and get my shit together. So good morning to you. Um, I'm embarrassed to say the inauguration doesn't really happen today. Yeah. So if you got your hopes up. The first Tuesday, I guess that's the election, right? That's the election I'm thinking of. Um, so the inauguration must be the first Wednesday. After the third Monday, or some shit like that, whatever. 
The United States Marine Corps Band makes this morning official. Good morning to you. dedicated to something I'm going to do tomorrow night. I hope it goes good. Uh, what's been really interesting is um, what's been really interesting for me is um, the interest of, uh, of civilians in all of this. And uh, it's pretty um, it's pretty exciting for me to think that uh, um, that these people uh, want to hear about post-traumatic winning and uh, this group in particular um, deals with alcohol and um, and it's interesting talking to people that that run the group uh, to women you know who they say you know we're coming um, we're coming to grips with um, the fact that you know we're not dealing with the trauma we're trying to deal with the alcohol so we're dealing with the symptom and not the problem. And I said, there you go. And uh, so I'm, I'm really curious to see. Um, I'm curious to see how this goes. And, um, and so I'm really excited because I do believe, I mean, these concepts in post-traumatic winning help everybody I do it with. Because they're true. And so, so this is dedicated to that end, right? That, um, that as this thing begins to jump its banks, it continues to touch lives and saves people. And uh, very, very cool stuff. So this is dedicated to that. I'm very excited about it. <laughs>
You're betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think. And you don't say it honestly and bluntly. What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. For this campus had prepared him well. <clears throat> I'm very confident that, thank you very much. <clears throat> if this was vodka, it'd be a lot better speech. <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't. We don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago: persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Time to check the weather. It is partly sunny at 48 in Quantico, just south of the nation's capital, where the inauguration happens tomorrow. Sunny in 54 down the coast of Camp Lejeune. Been in the, it was in the 50, mid-50s all last week. Um, in 29 Palms, partly sunny and 50. Camp Pendleton, partly sunny, 54. Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark, cloudy and 70. I'm sorry, dark, raining and 70. Let's go back to Pendleton. They have three weather warnings. They have a high wind warning a high surf advisory, and a small craft advisory. Warm weather, uh, this stuff's normally all Santa Ana weather-driven. That's right. Um, In Hawaii, they have four weather warnings. How about that? So it's dark, raining, and 70 at Camp Smith in Hawaii. A wind advisory in Hawaii as well. A flash flood advisory. A flash flood watch. Small craft advisory. So, yeah, there's weather warnings everywhere. In Okinawa, dark, cloudy, and 58. In Darwin, under 80, which it rarely is at this time of day. It is dark, cloudy, and 78 in Darwin. And in Oslo, snowing. And 32 late in the afternoon there. At the home of All Marine Radio, the Newport Beach, Costa Mesa area of Southern California, it is partly sunny and 57 degrees. There are three weather warnings. A high wind warning until 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Gale warning from Tuesday at 3 a.m. until Wednesday at 10 a.m. Gale warning. Whoa. And a beach hazard statement. Looking for a high today of... Did I miss that? Oh. Wrong page. Looking for a high today of 70. Tomorrow, 76 with wind. So you can see the whole Santa Ana thing kind of happen. And then on Thursday, it will be 67 The wind will go away. Friday, 63. And Saturday, 58 with rain. What in the hell? 
That is a look at your weather. When we come back, I'll check some news headlines. And I want to apologize for Alex not coming on. But it was for the greater good. It was for the greater good. So don't hate. Uh, More Baldwin Radio coming up next. America's service members and veterans are strong, forged out of bravery, sacrifice, and duty. They are diverse, unique, from all corners of the country. And thanks to their common experience, a family for life. But whether they served in lands far away or communities close to home, some of these men and women may face difficult times or even crisis. But sometimes, reaching out for help can be the most challenging and worthwhile mission of all for veterans, service members, reserve, and National Guard. Thankfully, friends, family, and communities are standing by their service members and veterans now more than ever. We're all in this together. When you recognize something isn't right, make the call to the Veterans Crisis Line or Military Crisis Line. During times of crisis, reach out and call. Dial 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or chat online at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255. Three tours driving Humvees in Afghanistan. Six years treating soldiers. Twelve years. Flying choppers. When my sister came back from her last tour in Afghanistan, she didn't want to talk about it, but she knew I was there to listen. My son saved lives as a medic in the military, and I always remind him how much his service meant to our country. Sometimes my husband still has difficult memories. They can be overwhelming. With the Veterans Crisis Line, I know where to turn when we need support. I made the call and got support for my sister. I called because I was concerned about my son. We got him connected to care, and it's made a difference. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for all veterans and their loved ones. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1, or chat online at veteranscrisisline.net. I'm good, but I have a story, and I don't know where to start. I'm good, but I feel... Alone in a crowd. I'm good, but the past keeps coming back. When the service member or veteran in your life says, I'm good. Are you really listening? I'm good, but I can't get out of bed. I'm good, but I can't sleep. I'm good, but I feel overwhelmed. I'm good, but I don't feel safe. I'm good, but I still have nightmares. I'm good, but I don't need any help. I'm good, but I don't feel anything anymore. I'm good. But I can't live like this anymore. I'm really not so good. But are you ready to listen? Suicide prevention is everyone's responsibility. Listen to the veteran or service member in your life. If you are in crisis or know someone who is, call the Veterans Crisis Line and Military Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 for free 24-7 confidential support. America's injured and critically ill service members face incredible challenges every day of their lives. Since 2004, the Semper Fi Fund has helped thousands of service members and their families with both immediate and long-term needs. Join the Semper Fi Fund in supporting American heroes. They've given so much. Now it's our turn. Learn how your tax-deductible donation makes a real difference in their lives at SemperFiFund.org. Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. 
My go-to karaoke. Although I've never done it. She didn't sign her name, I Grant Newsham hears this and shakes in his boots. Here's an email. Mac, would you pick another periodical and read some headlines and do some commentary on it? <laughs> like what? Let me pick right something right out of the middle. I don't know if they're in the middle or not, but... How about USA Today? How about USA Today? Mick Paper, as it's known. I wouldn't do well with the New York Times or the Washington Post or the lefty stuff. So I think... I don't know. Like, what is Mick Paper? top story is Mike Pence the man without a home after four years of steadfast loyalty to Trump Pence is said to be open to a 2024 run but his rift with the president may close off that option Mm. more than a hundred Trump prepares final list of pardons next headline Two Guard members reported dropped from inauguration mission for right-wing militia ties. There you go, man. Josh Hawley, center type was a rising star in the Republican Party before the Capitol riot. What's next for him? Next headline. Joe Biden's daughter speaks out in the first network TV interview. The New York Mets... (laughs) The New York Mets general manager was fired he evidently sent a woman a string of text messages to include explicit photographs of his genitals yeah she ratted him out he's fired gets his dream job and then gets fired Uh, top headlines in USA Today I should do this randomly every once in a while you know, I should just pick a different publication and then decide to go ahead and just check out the news. Um, top headlines on the right column of uh, USA Today. Biden tasks five things the new president needs to do. What do you think that's about? Let's see what, what they say. This is by Susan Page of USA Today. I don't know who Susan Page is. Let's see. Do they list them? Number one, project optimism. Yep, that always helps. 
Okay. Project optimism. It's called whistling past the graveyard. I don't I think that's ridiculous. Okay. Number two, look past the elephant in the room. That would be Donald Trump. To the list of this week's unprecedented moments, add this one. Biden takes office as his predecessor awaits his impeachment trial. The House has approved a charge against Trump for incitement to insurrection, the second impeachment of his tenure. The Senate trial will begin soon after Speaker Nancy Pelosi sends the article of impeachment to the other side of the Capitol. How do you impeach somebody that's no longer in office? The second is symbolic. Hmm. Number three, hit the ground running. On his first day on the job, Biden plans to begin with the most far-reaching set of executive orders and actions of any president at the start of his tenure. And this is what we normally hear, right? Hit the ground running. What you're going to get accomplished, you know, you do much of it in the first six six months. Number four, breach the partisan wall. There are limits to what a president can do by executive action to put into place his proposed $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package, for instance, Biden needs to convince Congress to pass legislation and appropriate funds. The Democratic majority in the House is the narrowest majority either party has held in two decades. The Senate is split 50-50 under Democratic control only because the vice president will be able to break ties. This means Biden will need united Democrats and at times the support of at least a handful of Republicans. He'll need to navigate between his party's most progressive voices and the moderates from both parties. We shall see, Joe Biden. So breach the partisan wall. In my opinion, that should be number one. All the rest of it is eyewash. Number five, lower the temperature. Maybe that should be number one. Biden's message, normal times aren't here at the moment, but they will be back. Well, let me tell you this, Joe. Um, It won't happen if people don't act like grown-ups. And I see no indication that that's going to happen in the future. Led by Nancy Pelosi. Right. Uh, the article says this, late night tweets, the raucous rallies, the revolving door of top advisors and the smashing of norms that were hallmarks of the Trump administration have left many Americans exhausted and alarmed. In the USA Today poll, one in four Americans describe their own emotional outlook these days as mentally unhealthy or the worst it's been in a while. Let me tell you, though, it's not going the temperature's not going to get lowered. There's going to be people there that will not allow it, led by the Speaker of the House. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so good luck to, to Joe Biden. He's going to need it, so we should all keep our fingers crossed. Um, My pillow CEO, he's in the news. Have you seen that? Yeah, the guy in the blue shirt who wears the cross. Um, anyway, Kohl's, Bed Bath & Beyond are removing my pillow from their stores because of his support for the president. Biden cabinet member could be the first transgender federal official if confirmed. 
Um, Dr. Rachel Levine on track to become the first gen- transgender federal official confirmed by the Senate. Pennsylvania Department of Health Secretary Dr. Rachel Levine talks about the struggle to collect racial data on COVID-19. This is the woman that you've seen in Pennsylvania. So, that one. Um, Senate grills Biden intel pick Avril Harris, Avril Haines amid ramped up domestic terror threat. And then here's an article, Five Ways Donald Trump Changed America. I'm kind of enjoying this. Yeah, thank you for the suggestion, by the way. From the border to the federal bench to raging political divisions, how Donald Trump's tenure changed America. Written by John Fritz and David Jackson. Um, Let's see, do they have, hopefully they have them numbered. Uh, Okay, so here's the top one. Harsher tone for politics. Okay, one thing Donald Trump did continuously. He changed the federal judiciary. Though it has taken place with little Trumpian fanfare or controversy, the president's success in appointing conservatives to the federal bench may be among his most lasting achievements. A tide that could have implications for health care, gun control, abortion, LGBTQ rights, and other pressing issues for generations of Americans. Immigration, border changes. Trump never came close to finishing the big, beautiful wall he promised would run a 1,000 miles of the U.S.-Mexican border, but he ushered in major changes in immigration policy, many of which will be tricky for Biden to unwind. Unable to broker an agreement with Congress on a broad immigration plan, Trump acted unilaterally to slash the nation's asylum program and deny entry to Central American migrants, many of whom wait in Mexico instead of the USA as their claims are processed. He applied diplomatic pressure on Mexico and Central America to stem the flow of people seeking to flee violence and poverty. And he redirected billions in military funding to rebuild portions of the barrier on the nation's southern border. Uh, Reshuffling of, uh, of alliances. Trump summed up his foreign policy in two words, America first. But there is sharp disagreement over whether his handling of world affairs will boost the country's interests or reduce its standing. Uh, yeah, to me, it's, you know, he offends Angela Merkel, who's the chief enabler of Russia on the continent. Oh, we should be worried about that. He recognizes that Taiwan and the millions of people, what, the 15 million to 18 people on Taiwan are, is an actual nation and is not the sub, subject of China's just play toy. Uh, regulations for climate, from coal emissions to airline bag fees, Trump went on an anti-regulation sprint. So that's... And also, where the president was not successful was Obamacare still stands. So there you have it. Five ways the president changed the country. Um, On his last day in office. Top stories in Stars and Stripes. As we turn to news that I normally do. U.S. forces Korea... Extend shelter-in-place order, report 31 new coronavirus. So the daily fanfare of coronavirus headlines. 
Think about this. The Depression and the Dust Bowl happened simultaneously, lasted for 10 years. 10 years of this, right? 10 years of this. Troop levels are down, but the U.S. says over 18,000 contractors remain in Afghanistan. What is that? What are contractors? What does that mean? Um, AFRICOM launches airstrike in Somalia shortly after the troop pullout. Got that going for us. Those airstrikes, they really make a difference. And then there's a series of stories about uh, members of the uh, National Guard that are in Washington, D.C. Interesting headline. Air Force General, I think his name is John Hayden, won't seek a second term as the Joint Chiefs Vice Chairman. How long is that guy appointed for? He intends to retire next year at the end of his first term, so I guess it's a two-year term. In the high-level Pentagon position, his spokeswoman said on Monday, General Hayden has always understood his tenure as Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs would last two years and plans to retire on the completion of his term, said Air Force Major Tricia Gulabo. Um, he was confirmed in spite, yeah, in spite of being accused of sexual harassment. He took that thing and there was multiple investigations of it. They came back saying that there was, they found no indication that that had actually happened. But a retired Army colonel, Catherine Splestorsor, um, continues her allegations to this day. So that in the news. And then one other article, Biden to propose eight-year citizenship path for immigrants. What does that mean? President-elect Joe Biden plans to unveil a sweeping immigration bill on day one of his administration, hoping to provide an eight-year path to citizenship for an estimated 11 million people living in the U.S. without legal status, a massive reversal from the Trump administration's harsh immigration policy. The legislation puts Biden on track to deliver a major campaign promise, important to Latino voters and other immigrant communities after four years of President Donald Trump's. It provides one of the fastest pathways to citizenship for those living without legal status of any recent measure. But it fails to include the traditional trade-off of enhanced border security favored by many Republicans, making passage in a narrowly divided Congress in doubt. So there you have Joe Biden's conundrum in a nutshell. Grand vision, right? Sweeping uh, thoughts and ideas. But again... If Joe Manchin, Tester is his name in in Montana, right? If uh, Joe Manchin says no, if any Democrat says no in the Senate, if any border Democrat says no in the Senate, it it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Uh, Top stories in the Wall Street Journal. Court vacates Trump rules on emissions at power plants. And in case you guys don't know, the uh, inauguration is not today. It's tomorrow. Just thought I'd... I mean, you all probably know what it is, but some people didn't. And uh, just so you know, not everybody knows that kind of stuff. 
And uh, in case you were wondering, it does happen tomorrow because you've been out of touch. Yep, 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 yep. Just trying to be a little bit of help to you out there. So, yeah. Um, Let's see. Court vacates Trump rules on emission and power plants. As I said, do not expect a Biden Justice Administration to um, to get after that anytime soon and, and appeal it. They will not. Office Depot rebuffs takeover offer from Stables. I love office stores, just for the record. I like to go there. I like to buy stuff. I'm I'm really fond of printing calendars and other important documents on uh, thicker paper. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. Uh, the president-elect, Joe Biden, has rejected Donald Trump's push to lift COVID-19 travel restrictions. Uh, there's an article about Joe Biden's agenda for his first 100 days. And Janet Yellen, President-elect Joe Biden's choice as Treasury Secretary, urged lawmakers in her confirmation hearing to act big to avert protracted economic downturn and put aside concerns about the mounting national debt. Yellen tells lawmakers that workers would be her focus. Interesting, interesting, and not the debt. Let me tell you, $600 is not going to help too many people. I mean, it's not going to hurt them. Not going to help too many people, though. Yeah, just for the record. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. The um, So that's in the Wall Street Journal today. America's finest newspaper. Um, from U.S. Naval Institute News. The U.S. and the United Kingdom signed an agreement on the upcoming deployment of the HMS Queen Elizabeth with American F-35 Bravos and an American destroyer. How about that? We've taken over the British Navy. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you serious? Wow. Well, good for us. Good for us. That's the only new article there. Um, everybody else must be doing research on National Guardsmen who are who come with questionable backgrounds. That's right. Uh, from Marine Corps Times, uh, here's an article. General education. What General Austin can learn from Mattis's rocky relationship with Congress. Interesting who wrote this. By Joe Gould, whoever he is. What's he say? At the Capitol in the fall of 2017, Senator John McCain was fuming to then Defense Secretary, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis. Unless Mattis turned over the Trump administration's tardy Afghanistan strategy and testified before the Senate Armed Service Committee, McCain felt he couldn't do his job. But when Mattis, who had been crisscrossing the globe to meet allies, tried to explain his lack of responsiveness, Sir, there just aren't enough hours in the McCain hit the roof. The chairman had already mentioned his subpoena power to Mattis, and now he was telling the retired Marine Corps general he had a constitutional responsibility, constitutional 
not constitutional, constitutional responsibility to testify, according to a 2019 book from a Mattisade, Guy Snodgrass. Days later, McCain went public with a stinging assessment. His relationship with the Pentagon was worse than it had been during the Obama administration. He also disclosed he was blocking Pentagon nominees from confirmation. When McCain threatened to subpoena, subpoena to get answers to the U.S. troop deaths in Nijar, Mattis met with McCain the next day in a public act of contrition, telling reporters, we can do better at communication. McCain stressed that there would henceforth be regular meetings between them. So now we have another general, Lloyd Austin, coming to the, to the head of the D- Department of Defense. Um, and here's the last couple of paragraphs. It's a relatively long article. Other structural issues fuel appropriators' sensitivities. At the Office of Secretary of Defense, there is an Assistant Secretary for Legislative Affairs who reports to the Defense Secretary himself. But the official who deals most with appropriations is a Deputy Comptroller. So budget items, right? Each of the armed services has a Legislative Affairs office led by a two-star general, while the Budget Liaison Office, led by an officer at the colonel level, deals with appropriations and reports through the Comptroller Channel, which doesn't have a seat at the Secretary's table. Appropriators want to fix. More directly, Biden has signaled he would make large investments in military unmanned vehicles and artificial intelligence systems without, a more, without adding more to the top line. Moving money this way means Austin would need to win over appropriators. If the building focuses its rollout on the next national defense strategy to the authorizers, and if you don't win the buy-in from the appropriators to properly resource it, the former budget official said, all you have is a well-written policy document. So Lloyd Austin will be the second consecutive general that requires a waiver from the United States Senate. And um, have they done that yet? Hmm. I'm not sure. Um, the top five stories in early bird today. So, Mac, all I have to do is send you an email address and I can watch. Yes. And more importantly, anybody else who you would like to watch, you know, if you want to, you know, get this in front of them or have me share it with them, let me know and I will do that. But again, I initially uploaded this this past August. And so five months later, it's I think it's substantially better. And just so you know, I'm a huge fan of my own work. Yeah. My love affair with my own work. All over the place. Uh, top story today in Early Bird is the FBI is vetting guard troops in D.C. amid fears of an insider attack. God help us. Number two, the Pentagon is investigating its response to the deadly Capitol riot. Oh, trust me. They're going to get a white hot spotlight shoved up their ass, so... You'll see that on TV sometime soon. Number three, more than 40 guard troops in D.C. for the Biden inauguration test positive for COVID. Up to 25,000 troops are now authorized. What the fuck, man? 
Okay. Uh, number four, U.S. military says troop withdrawal from Somalia is now complete. Congratulations on that deal. Number five, why veterans in the military and law enforcement join the Capitol insurrection. That's from the Los Angeles Times. Overseas operation, U.S. B-52 conducts presence patrol after the Iranian Guard holds a missile drill. Uh, the United States is down to 2,500 troops each in Afghanistan and Iraq, although there are 18,000 quote-unquote contractors, I assume American type, in Afghanistan. Why are so many there? Because that's where the money is. They're making a shit ton of money there. Uh, next, U.S. Army Japan to begin vaccinating the re- remainder of the healthy population against coronavirus. Next, Army orders two South Korean garrisons to shelter in place amid coronavirus outbreak. Next, Indo-PACOM commander says Chinese aggressiveness helps U.S. make more friends. That's interesting. Um... Let's see. Admiral Philip Davidson told the Navy, the Surface Navy Association virtual symposium on January 12th in a live stream appearance from his headquarters in Hawaii. Made those statements. All right. I don't think you need to be a genius to know that uh, that's true. The more China overplays its hand, the better it is. The United States can say, we told you. They're assholes. Uh, Australia going through it, you know, in a very, very public way these days. Uh, From the Pentagon, General Mark Milley, key to military continuity as Biden takes office. You know, I have to tell you, this to me seems stupid. Do we honestly believe the American military is full of wackos, or are we like the American population? And then, just like the American population, right, we have wackos, we have racists, but now what I'm reading is like crazy stuff. Missile defense costs to soar $5 billion a year, according to the Congressional Budget Office. This is entitled, A Piece of... And dot, 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 outgoing SECDEF blast expensive program. Hmm. Kind of interesting. I'm curious to what he has to say. This is um, Acting Secretary of Defense Chris Miller, who's been in the job since December 9th. Miller, a tall, plain-spoken person who previously served as Director of Counterterrorism, is fond of colorful, extemporaneous language and freewheeling engagements with troops. He is not fond of the way the Defense Department buys things, and he doesn't mind saying so. About the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter Program, Miller recounted a conversation he had with a pilot. I said, what are you flying? He said, the F-35. I was like, that's a piece of shit. Miller said the pilot went on to describe the F-35 as an unbelievable aircraft, as have other pilots who have flown it. Miller, however, sees the F-35 as an example of what's wrong with the way the Pentagon buys things and indeed of the DOD's biggest challenge. I think the biggest thing is we have come out of the mindset of the Cold War, Miller told reporters aboard a Defense Department aircraft on Thursday. I know we 
had that period, but big, big units, big high dollar weapon systems, you know, just this huge, enormous complex. I still think we have a hangover on a lot of that high tech, very expensive weapon systems, and we need to go smaller, swarmy, mass over quantity, quantity over quality. In some cases, that is my thinking. So probably not an article that you should dismiss. Interesting. Arlington Cemetery to close for Inauguration Day amid massive security lockdown. So that'll do it today. I think that's enough. One of the Mensa brothers will join me tomorrow, and then they will all join me on Thursday. So that's the plan. That's the plan. But most importantly, um, the the nation's going to get worse. And uh, again, as somebody who lived through the 60s, We'll get through this. The nation, you know, is built for it. And at some point, the adults will, will, you know, will occupy the appropriate position. But that's not the case now. So to all of you, take a breath. Hold it for a second. Take all that hate you have inside of you and spit it out and go about your day. The nation will get through this. You don't have to do anything crazy. The nation will get through this. It's been through tougher things. But, you know, we've gone through these periods of intolerance in our in our, in our history. The Army McCarthy hearing. Yeah, craziness. And the adults not standing up and saying this is wrong. So, um, and then later on top of that, the COVID thing. So... Anyway, have a great day. Hold on, before I sign off. Susan Page. Susan Page frequently appears on Brett Bear's panel as the not conservative. If you see her on CBS or other network, she's much more woke. Axios ran a great story about the fallout between Trump and and the Attorney General, Bill Barr. It's a really good read. I'm a Barr fan. Now everyone hates him. Interesting how that happens. I'm just going to tell you this. Who's Susan Page? <clears throat> I watch Brett Bear. I would tell you one of the few credible journalists. Uh, I think that I would just watch what he does. Not too many of them around. Susan Page. Let me see if I recognize her. Yeah, I recognize her. So I'll have to read that. Ohio man. Not afraid to have his own opinion. You know, it's interesting because I think the people that listen to this program tend to have their own opinion. Right? And, uh, and they tend to be able to footnote them. I think if, if you're just looking for, you know, for the normal stuff, 
um, then you tend not to like this show because it doesn't tend to be that way. Anyway, have a good Tuesday. And just to repeat, today's not Inauguration Day, in case you made that mistake like I did. Yeah. There's another email. It will be interesting to see what happens. Whether you're a moderate or a conservative, I don't think it is lost on anybody that the nation was under assault this past summer. And as you rightly point out, the Speaker of the House and the Minority Leader of the Senate didn't say anything about law and order. Now they seem to be all about it. And the questions surrounding the election and the data that comes out of the election are still disturbing no matter what happened at the Capitol that day. And they deserve explaining. I agree with you. With a democratically controlled Senate and a democratically controlled House, I don't think we will see such things. And that will promote the crazies among us and the rhetoric they, that they put out that's blown all over social media to new heights. I absolutely agree with you. It will get violent. It will get worse. And it makes me sad. Because I don't think you need to be a genius to figure that shit out. Why won't our politicians behave in a way that is more grown up? Is the answer to that question that the media will run them out of town? If that's the case, to quote you a few minutes ago, God help us. You know, that's a pretty good point. So if I stand up and I say something that's going to be somewhat moderate, right, the New York Times, the Washington Post is going to rip my ass and am I going to get run out of town for being an adult, for compromise? Um, You know, that's uh, not a far-fetched thought. So we'll see how it happens. Have a great day. This program repeats itself momentarily. So, whatever you do, don't touch that dial. All Marine Radio. On a Tuesday, that's not an inauguration day, no matter what I said. Out.